I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, like button, subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com and can read, or not read, but you can listen to Bram Weinstein on ESPN 630 as Bram joins us from a secret location. Huh in the bunker in his house, apparently. Yes. Bram, but before we get to this, I do want to update on, because a lot of people are going to be asking about Terry McLaurin. He is getting an MRI today. That's standard operating procedure for any sort of a sprain or anything like that after a game. Um, it does seem like they believe it's a minor sprain. We'll see what the MRI says. So check back later on social media, wherever you want to do it. This is just a preliminary update. There will be more later today or tomorrow when we go back out to the commander's facility for another day of practice anyways. But we want to talk about the preseason game because it was a different kind of night. First of all, I do want to start with the atmosphere there because that was unlike any preseason game that I think I've covered and maybe in a, in a well, maybe ever, but certainly in a long, long time. And there was like, I think there was like, they, someone told me there's probably a little bit more than 40,000 there. Yeah. And it was the, the lower bowl is, is pretty full there were more people there than there were for that Giants Thursday night game two years ago when they won on that field goal. And it's just like, to me, it just shows where this fan base is at mentally with this team. Again, what did you take from that? I had heard there'd be a really good crowd for this. I mean, you know, one, because it, it, regional rivalry, so it's easy for some Ravens fans to come down as well. So I had heard there would be a very good crowd for this. Um, and then it, the payoff was that was a really fun preseason yeah. game. It was an extremely competitive preseason game. The offenses were both sides performing very well, especially in the first half. It's probably a little disappointing for Jack Del Rio, but but um, we can talk about that. But um, yeah. but I, I mean, overall, I mean, it was it's an interesting scene. I mean, the governor of Maryland shows up. Joe Gibbs shows up. He's doing a thing on the field with Ron Rivera and John Harbaugh governor's there we all know why he's trying to you know con continue to engender excitement to stay in the state of maryland with a new stadium i think it's just a different vibe we've talked about this a lot and you know it's real there's just a very different vibe around the team there's a lot of different karma around the team um you know every conversation i have with fans doesn't inevitably or invariably end up in a conversation about how much they dislike the owner or how things will never change or you know, this woe is me attitude about a football team. And, you know, so I just think all of that. And I think we all kind of anticipated that would be the case that at least like clouds would be lifted and you're literally seeing it, you know, and I think week one, um, I expect a very partial burgundy oh. crowd for the Cardinals and if not a sellout or at least close to it, they keep telling me they're trending towards that. I've, and then 
Yeah, and then the second one will be interesting because that's Buffalo. Uh, the tickets went on sale a long time ago. It's a big, massive fan base. They travel, marquee team right now. So I got a feeling you're going to see a lot of blue in the stands. But yeah. I think what we're doing is we're trending towards it's going to be hard to get into the stadium again because people are excited about the team as opposed to what it was in the past where, and this the past is a few months ago, you know, or six months ago or a year ago where people just kind of had lost a lot of hope that they would ever have a franchise that it might have some success, but be proud of. And I think right. that that's just kind of flipped overnight here and sustain that success. And I yeah. think, I do think it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the week, we find out that that first game is a sellout. And I'm going to guess that that second game will probably be sold out too. I think the key Bram is not as much this year too, because you're going to get a lot of fans who want to come back. Some tickets are going to be harder. The the bills coming down, the Eagles game will be a hard one because they're, they're two, a couple hours away. I think it's. I think you're going to see in the future, and especially next year, where it's going to be a lot harder for opposing fans to get some of these tickets when they go first go on sale, because you're going to have more of a season ticket base, et cetera. So that's where. So like while and and you know you see the excitement now, I think you're going to really see it translate into next year. And the other thing that caught caught my attention with that was after the game, walking from the press box down to the locker room. You're kind of you're walking, and there's like a little walkway you're you're overlooking the the concourse and people leaving and just the fun that people had and the joy it's you know it's and i know like again i mean it was a fun ending and it was a fun game but it just is like they're just so badly want to root for something good again and you know and it's just like it's it's fun to see that for people but it because it just adds energy and excitement and there's you know last year against the jaguars you saw some you saw a lot of that coming out of the preseason opener and then a week later because they lay an egg in detroit it just went but it just feels like there's just something different now and and it's you know good for them yeah i mean even last year i don't i love nikki but (laughs) this sticks with me like the opening game, they changed their name. They had a new quarterback. It's year three for Rivera. They had a fourth quarter comeback. Their stud rookie receiver scores this crazy touchdown in it. And the lead of the story is about a mistake on a mug that was sold in the team store. Right. And it's not that it didn't happen. It did. And it's not that it wouldn't be totally newsworthy, but that just kind of described the vibe around the team where everybody was constantly looking for the wrong things or the bad things or just nothing could be good and like this is different now you know i think everybody is just kind of all right a weight is lifted uh you know like we could think positively (laughs) about them you know i think there's there's no reason to sit there i I remember i think i said this on your podcast where i got a a tweet or something or dm or something from somebody you know when the sale first happened and they said it doesn't feel immoral to me to root for the team again you know like and i I, like i there's a total you know massive amount of truth around something like that and you know i've talked about this a ton i grew up around here um i know what this team means in this community i know how it galvanizes everybody and i know what it's like when they are sustained and good and one of the better teams in the nfl and how it just literally changes the mood of the city week by week day by day 
And it matters. It really matters. And it's just nice to have the possibility of that starting again. I don't think it all changes overnight, but last night was a very good sign. That was a very good crowd for a preseason game. I think they got a payoff. That's as good a preseason game as you're going to get. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, there were total million percent. For, it was yeah, fun. For the, for the competitiveness of it and like what was kind of on the line. There were some stakes, you know, so like it was really they, they, it was a total payoff. That was about as fun a preseason game as I've ever gotten to call. I mean, it was really oh, yeah. fun. And so I'm happy about all of this because it's really trending the right way. I do think it's going to take a little time to rebuild that preseason or that ticket base. Yeah. Um, that doesn't, that's not going to happen overnight. But I think we're just, we're seeing the small first signs of this team's back, uh, back in a way that it used to be back. Now they got to go win and. They, this ownership group hasn't owned it very long, and hopefully there won't be missteps there along the way that, you know, send people back down this kind of negative trajectory. I haven't seen anything like that. I think everybody's very excited. I'm not suggesting it will go that way, but, you know, this is all new. You know, there's a honeymoon going on here, and then at some point it'll settle in, and the owners are the owners, and the team's got to perform well, and we can start talking about how they build their team, how they try to build success, how they how the organization is run, uh, but for now this is really fun and it's it really is it's refreshing and it feels like a weight is off of everybody honestly that's associated with the team because we feel like it's lighter it's about football again and we know what football means in the washington dc area it is by far bar none not close the most prominent sports franchise in this area and it's nice to have the possibility of having that meaning again well and and i think um you kind of hit on it too. And I want to go another reason for the hope I think is number 14, but I think the other part of it is like, it can be normal again. So there are going to be things that happen with franchise that happens to every franchise. Every franchise is going to have something that's a negative thing or situation. It's just that you, you know, what you would, what you think is that they're going to stop looking for every thing. Like, Cause like anything would happen here in the past, it was always going to be looked at a different way because of who they were, who was in charge, et cetera. And some of that's just a lot of that's just going to go away because there's going to be a different level of trust or, you know, certainly the disdain for people here <laughs> it would would evaporate because Josh Harris will be judged on. Are you a good owner or are you not? And that that's it. And it's just a football. It's going to be more of a football uh, look at things. And I think that's just refreshing from 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 many different perspectives. Anyways, one of the other thing reasons for hope, I think, or do you think is number 14, Sam Howell, like where do you think he falls in that line of people getting excited about maybe this team? I think everybody was holding out on that one, you know, and I, I don't blame him. I mean, he's, you know, even in our bubble here where we've talked about what we've seen in practice and explained the reasoning behind the decision, I still think, and this is fair for everybody, I want to see it to believe it with him. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, like Rivera's looking pretty validated today after what he did last night, because I was talking about a lot about this on, on my show over the last week. Like I wasn't really totally sure why they felt this necessity to make this announcement before the second preseason game to install him as the starter for week one and, and likely beyond. I didn't really understand the necessity to do it other than it felt like the team or Rivera put like some kind of self-imposed deadline on himself that after these practices with the Ravens, they would make some sort of announcement. Now, 
This is a foregone conclusion just based on what has been happening in the spring and in the summer. He's got 90 to 95% of the reps. He's done literally nothing to not win the job. Jacoby Brissett hasn't done anything to show that he is that far ahead of him right. in the offense where the change had to be made. So this was for us in our bubble, foregone conclusion. This was no surprise, like, <laughs> like none. But nationally, I've, I thought about this. I think we talked about it on my show last week. I'm like, Monday Night Football was going to be the first opportunity for the entire football world to see this team. Um, they, in some cases, mocked their decision to not go after a veteran quarterback early in the offseason. They essentially called them liars, like that there's just no way that they would go forward with a plan like this. And Rivera never stated from the get-go that he was going to be the starter. He just said he was going to have a really good chance to win the job. Now, as it played out, we can parse out whether this was a real competition. I don't necessarily feel like it was. I also don't think I saw anything in camp that should have flipped the reps to Brissett over Hal. I never saw anything like that. So it played out as it played out. He goes out there. And now here's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Scott Van Pelt and the rest of the football world in the one game on the one night in a slow summer month. And they actually get to see it. We've gotten to see it every day, but we're not the general football public that's paying very little attention to this. And last night was probably a wake up call. Sam Howe suddenly is on people's fantasy draft boards. Sam Howe looks like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And I think the immediate overall reaction is going to be very positive to his play. So let's see how they handle that now, because Hal was the guy that everybody said was going to be on a five win team because of him. And all of a sudden now, like it's kind of this exposure has happened on a national stage and it's just a preseason game, but there's not going to be all these good vibes. They ended this long streak that the Ravens had that probably means nothing, but somewhat means something. He was really good in the first half. They threw him out there on a late two minute drive because they gave up this score. He walks him down the field to score again. I mean, everything about the choice that was made in the winter through the spring and into the summer that outside of our bubble made no sense to anybody. I think today makes a little more sense. And that is also a very, very good sign for the team. It is funny because I can't tell you how many shows I'd go on nationally. They say like, you know, ask me about this quarterback. Somebody asked me yet last night, I said, were you surprised? Like, well, no. I mean, why? Because, because it was, it was always going to be that way. And, and Rivera would always say, he goes into camp as a starter. It's basically, they kind of made it clear it was his job to lose. And yeah. you're right. Nothing ever, he never lost anything with it. And, you know, I know like last night, Baltimore, and we have, like, it has to be mentioned, Baltimore wasn't playing its defensive starters. Right. On that that two-minute drive, it was a lot, I think there were, I was told there were, like, some third stringers in there. And I only bring it up because that's just, that's the reality. I think if, you And know, the people who aren't in a bubble wouldn't know this, but, like, their top three corners are all injured. Like, right. they and, signed and, Ronald Darby this week because they don't have any corners. Like, they're decimated back there. But, you know, people outside of their own little bubble don't know that going Going into something like this. Right. And my point, my, you know, so you take that into consideration, but what I like about him and what I liked about him last night are the traits that he shows and whether it's against backups, like, and the backups can affect this or the, the starters going to affect it in a different way, but how does he react? And so the way, what I like about him is, you know, there, he, he has that subtle movement in the pocket. And you saw that on the, the fourth down throw to Jahan, you saw it a few times where it's like, there's a rusher here, and he just kind of subtly takes this little step to his left to create a better throwing lane for himself and get a guy open. And you saw that a, a several times, and it's something that 
it's something that they've always liked about him, but you consistently see it. You know, he shows poise in the pocket. So whether or not you're facing starters or backup, you still need to show poise. And he does. And so, you know, there are things that he needs to do better. The sack, the first sack was really bad. And yeah. he he had a couple guys and he just, he, you know, I even asked him afterwards. He said he's, he knew he was trying to make a big play and he, you can't do that. And that's something that they've talked to him about. Like you have to be okay. As Peyton Manning says, taking the profit and he had, you know, and you put yourself in a bad spot. But the other thing you like about him is that the next play, it's a really good job being poised in the pocket, finds Cole Turner, um, gets it to his inside, away from the defender, and just a really nice play by him. So it's the traits that he continues to show that I always point to as the reason why I think this kid can be a good player. So uh, let me, I'll say a few things about him that I think have been, you know, really interesting for the last couple of weeks. And again, this is because we're on the inside watching this every right. single day, closely talking to people. And that's why like people on the outside, you know, they'll, they'll never really get it. They're not paying that close attention to what's right. going on. So for the first couple of weeks of camp, it was clear that the offense was behind the defense, the wrong way to put this, because it was all new for them. This defense is this group is a veteran laden group's been around together for a long time. It was really unfair, like what was walking into camp, what they were walking into in camp. And it was kind of a slow go. And then it kind of came to a head with the statement, the foot in the mouth statements about Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy's very demanding. He, you can't miss him on the field. He's loud. The offense wasn't functioning particularly well. Um, and you know, all of a sudden, though, which was really what was really interesting about when Rivera said what he said, and this, I think, why he got irked at everybody for the way it kind of ran for a couple of days, was he meant it positively. No, like no, no, actually, absolutely. He actually he meant it as, yes, people came to me. Yes, people had questions. They talked to Eric. They now understand. They saw the light. They understand yeah. what's going on. And I think Hal falls into this category, not as someone who actually went and complained or anything, but someone who... I think was struggling to pick up all of these different things that they were trying to implement a at a very fast pace. Right. And he doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience. And I remember talking to one of the coaches before the Cleveland game and was just kind of asking them about him. And he was like, he goes, you know what I want to see from him? He goes, this guy, if he just trusts himself and lets it rip a little bit, oh. I think he's going to see that he's got exactly what we think about him. But he needs to get comfortable enough in his own, you know, like in this offense and feel comfortable enough to just do that. Time. And a corner has really turned here over the last week and a half where you could sense the confidence. You could hear it in his voice. Go listen to him do these press conferences today as opposed to two weeks ago. You could hear a complete change in a confident personality, as opposed to the guy who's being very careful what he says to everybody and almost like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Like none of that is kind of happening now. And I loved, you know, I love Taylor Heineke. Um, if Taylor Heineke had the arm that Sam Howell had, Taylor Heineke would probably be a starter in the league. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you know it when you see it, when somebody knows how to play. I don't know how good Hal's going to be I, until we get to the real games. It's hard to know. And I really do hope because, you know, remember while we're on this joyride and everybody's euphoric and happy that everything's changed and the vibes are really good. The ground is still very shaky for everybody here going into this season based on a year of transition, a year of decision making, whether changes will be made or not. It's not that people aren't cognizant of that. And so I want what I see from him early is 
can we keep this thing steady enough to give him a chance to be successful so that when he has a bad moment here or there, that people can just shake it off and move on? Because when I watch him, I get the same feeling that I get about Heineke. He just kind of has it. Does that mean he's going to be really good? I don't know. Like until he's put to the test in these real games in high leverage games where there's things on the line in November, December, I don't really know. Right. But he's the most accurate quarterback they've had here since Kirk Cousins. I love his feel for the game. I kind of like his attitude. You can sense the confidence coming out of him. You know, the personality, you know, like for someone who came in as a freshman at a big program and set the records that he set to have the career that he had at his size, right? Remember, he got a high draft grade at his size. This guy must be good at football and very confident. I didn't really see the confidence part of it until very, very, very recently. And now I hope it's the beginning of it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And I so I'm excited about him and I get why they're all excited about him. I also understand he's not the athlete Justin Fields is. He's not Anthony Richardson. He's not Lamar Jackson. And because of that, people are going to doubt him because there's going to be things that he cannot do. But I saw Troy Aikman say this last night. I think it was post game on with Van Pelt. And he said something, he goes, you know what? You don't have to be the best athlete in the world. If you know what you're doing and you're really accurate with the ball. And that's the thing about him that I love his accuracy. When he really lets it rip, as this coach says, steps into these balls, he is pinpoint accurate. That touchdown to Gibson, he hit him in stride in the middle of the field on the two yard line. He threw a couple of darts in the first half. That's the part of this that I'm extremely excited about, that if he's going to showcase this kind of accuracy, especially on the run, which is really what stands out to me, that he can move right and left and throw on the run, then we got a chance with this guy. We really do. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is still time for one more family adventure this summer. The country's largest climbing and zipline park is open seven days a week until Labor Day with eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines. The Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the perfect place to spend the last few days of summer. Once you're back on the ground, head over to Axe Throwing and try one of their brand new games. You can play Battleship, Blackjack, throw at traditional targets, or even upload your own images. They are now accepting group and family reservations for this fall. Can't make it out before school is back in session? Not to worry. The Adventure Park is open Friday through Sunday every weekend this fall. 
To end the summer right, listeners of this show can now get $10 off any ticket by entering the promo code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC at checkout. There is still time to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. I think there's a couple of things you talk about the trust. The touchdown to De'Ami Brown was an example of that because when you watch it, De'Ami Brown is still engaged in a little bit of a tussle with the defensive back, and Sam just threw it with a lot of confidence and trust. And I know some of that it has to go back to their days at Carolina. He knows what the guy can do. De'Ami goes up and high points it and does a nice job in a contested catch situation, but a good job by Holland. I think one of the things that I you know was getting to this when they were playing, again, you're playing backers, but the whole point for this offense now is they just need to work together. They need a lot of reps together. And I don't care who you're getting against and actually okay with how things went with in, in that, in the way it unfolded for them, because they had a chance to work on things and he has a chance to work on things and situations that were, were very, very helpful. And they are a remaining, they remain a work in progress with this offense. That's why I thought last night was very big for them and for yeah. him. And, you know, you're right. Like, I think he's got something to him. And I think players feel it. And this is, Bram, this is the best quarterback play going to this point in the summer that we've seen probably since Alex Smith was here. Yes. You know, so, and I don't think it's probably, it's a definitely. <laughs> it's the, it's yeah. the first time, it's so crazy. It's the first time under Rivera where he's kind of stated who the quarterback is and we're not openly questioning that decision. Right. Well, like, right. it it's the first time, like the Haskins one was baked in. We all understand that. Like the owner wanted him to start. I, I don't really, I, I don't summer. believe yeah, it was a weird summer. They couldn't really practice. Everything was on zoom right. and it was baked in. He was the first round pick from a year ago. And I think we all kind of understand that Dan Sider wanted Dwayne Haskins to get the first shot and Rivera honored that he right. pulled the plug on it pretty early. But so like, that's a different situation. Year two, Ryan Fitzpatrick handpicked choice. Free agent comes in. Never uh, players looked comfortable. Never looked comfortable at any point. So the whole yeah. time I'm going, you know what? If this was an open competition, they'd probably give it to someone else. Yeah. Last year, Wentz, it goes without saying that that didn't look right, that he didn't look fixed. He didn't look ready to go. And if there was an open competition, Heineke would have won the job. I mean, like, come on. But it's like, not I like mean, Taylor even looked that great in the summer either. No, that was part of the our, our he, issue. He didn't, but it didn't look like that. You no, know? no, no. Like, it just didn't look like that. No. This summer, you know, they've kind of installed this. The, the, everybody on the outside was going, what are you doing? And I'm watching practice every day going, this guy is doing literally nothing to change that opinion whatsoever. So it is the first time that, like, he's kind of said, this is my guy. And I think he's right, <laughs> you know, like going into the season, he is definitively right that this is the guy. Right. And, you know, it's funny because going back to your comment about Aikman with um, you don't have to be the He's right. You don't have to be the world's greatest athlete to be a good quarterback in this league by any means. And I think one of the comps, it's funny because when he came out, his offense coordinator, Carolina, Phil Longo, who's now at Wisconsin, compared him to Drew Brees. And part of that is the size and all that. But. You'll hear that mentioned a little bit here, not so much that he can be Drew Brees, but there's a style that he plays like that reminds them of what Brees does. And again, the ability to find those throwing lanes is major and he does it consistently. And I think that's that's how you survive in this league. It's like the, the running is great, but very few guys can sustain that level, that kind of play. And so if you can move in the pocket, 
be subtle about it, create those openings and throwing lanes for yourself, you can really, you can do a lot of damage in this league. Yeah, I, I think like, I don't want to go too far. I mean, he's the second most prolific passer in the history of the NFL. So like, so it's hard. Oh, no, to, I'm not, like, like I, I said, mean? be clear. So, it's not, it's the style of play. It's his yeah, ability yeah. to move in the butt. That's it. And, and the size. Yes. And the size. Breeze was not a tall guy, Correct. right? He was not a tall guy, but right. he had a very Let's, good yeah, arm. Be clear on this. Good. We're not comparing him to Breeze no. in that, in the success level. Very good arm, extremely accurate. Breeze was a good athlete, too. He was a good athlete, and they could do a lot of... They didn't have to do everything out of the pocket. They would do a lot of design things where he would just... kind of. He wasn't running anywhere, but he could get out to his right and throw accurately on his right. This is why what I like about how, too, I see this in him, that I think he can throw on the run. So I think they can design a lot of things to kind of move a pocket around, especially if they're going to have protection problems for him. I mean, the other one, and again, this is totally, totally unfair, but like... um, Kurt Warner was not a very good athlete, but was extremely accurate from the pocket. And he kind of let these Hall of Fame receivers do a lot of the work for him. He would catch them in stride. The greatest show on turf had everything to do with his timing and accuracy. Yeah. And if that's what Hal becomes, and he's a long, long, long way away from something like that. But he's the one that like I look at that if I want to think big about it, like. Kurt Warner kind of came out of nowhere. Kurt Warner showed up. And when Kurt Warner was finally installed, what made him special was his accuracy. And it was pinpoint accuracy where he's catching these Hall of Fame level receivers literally in stride. And the difference between good plays and huge plays are often where the guy catches the ball. They have a couple of different receivers, particularly down the field. Deami falls into this too because of his speed down the field. But really, Dotson and McLaurin you know, if caught in stride are potentially big game breaking type players for them. And, you know, hopefully it'll kind of continue to go in that direction. So we've now compared him to Drew Brees and Kurt Warner. <laughs> no, no pressure here. No pressure. Sam. <laughs> no <laughs> and pressure. Again, to be clear, we're not saying he's as good as them, but stylistically with it. But yes. anyways, a couple, a yeah. couple other things too with it. Um, and I like, this is a very, X and O thing, but like, I like, they, they used to run that mesh concept all the time, you know, tight end coming this way, receiver going this way. One of Terry McLaurin's first big catches, they start to run the mesh and he just splits the linebackers linebacker widens Cause he's taken the cross and it, it leads. I saw that a couple of times where they had success off that action. And that leads to also possibly yards after the catch. Anyway, let's get to some other positions. There were other things going on. Um, oh, the, the other thing is too, they've worked a lot on that screen game, Bram. And I'm yeah. not, I don't like what I've seen from the screen game in the preseason games. And some of it is the blocking out in space hasn't been there. And that should be a big part of this offense. Is that wh- where do you fall on that? Yeah. I haven't seen the timing of that hit very no. well. This started in practice where he was getting the running back. He was, EB was getting on the running backs, telling them that you're not where you're supposed to be. And then the timing of the players getting out, you know, to where they're supposed to be. The reason why Sadiq Charles is probably going to start at left guard and Sam Crosby was moved to right guard and they brought in Gates was they can move. This is very different than the group that they had a year ago where they really could not ask those players to get out and block in any kind of timed manner or get out in time timed up right to do it correctly. Um, And I think they feel like they've got the opportunity to do this, but it's not there yet. So I haven't the quick game and the screen game is just not there yet. I think last week against Cleveland against it's preseason games and there's so many different personnel changes that it's hard to know numbers. 
numbers, but the running backs caught seven passes for 15 yards. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. And then there wasn't a particular screen this past week that I recall. I have to rewatch the game, but I haven't that I recall that really was timed up and looked right and worked. So there, there's a lot of work here to do with the offense. There, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with what's going on in general. I think there's a lot of progression, but that is a big part of what they're supposed to do. And it's not timed up yet. And there were a couple of times, and this is where you're right, like Sadiq is supposed to be the guy out in space, and there's one screen where it's set up well for Gibson, and both Gates and Sadiq lost their blocks out in space. And that, to me, was a disappointing one because that is why he's – that's why you think he will win the job is that ability. And so for whatever reason now, you know, what you don't know is, well, was a running back in the right spot? But but all I know is you watch it and the screen set up, if you get your blocks, it's a big run. And you see, yeah. I saw that a lot last year. The run game, though, you know, I like what I've seen from Brian Robinson consistently. Not as I'd like to see a little bit better in pass pro from him because it is a part of the job. Um, but I think the running backs in general have been really good, and you know, and it's going to be hard for a guy like Jared Passion to make it. And I don't think he will because I just don't know where ahead of who. You can only keep so many guys, but I think the running backs in general have been good, and I, I like what I've seen from the rookie Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, well, outside of the fumble, obviously, that, that's not fumble. good. Yeah, outside of the fumble. Um, so we talked about this early in camp when I was watching them install. And I was concerned that they have good running backs that don't fit with what's going on here. Like I just, I, it goes back to the screen game a little bit, goes back to some of this RPO stuff, things parallel to the line of scrimmage. Does that really work for a guy like Robinson or Gibson? Like, are they going to find guys that kind of run the plays the way EB wants to run them? Um, and as things have progressed, I feel a little differently um, about specifically Robinson. Um, I feel like, you know, more and more and more, he seems to be getting more comfortable day oh, yeah. by day, week by week. Um, and in the limited parts in the games that he's been in so far, and we're probably not going to see him again this weekend against Cincinnati, but I do feel better about him. It's funny. Like, cause I get asked like, who do you like in fantasy? I kill everybody. I think Brian Robinson's going to be actually the one who stands out this yeah. year. He's going to be a volume carrier. He's yeah. got very good hands. I think they're going to rely on him I agree. a I lot. Um, and I do think like, he is slimmed down to a size they want. He has the running style they're looking Quick for. Feet too. Quick feet in the hole. Like I, I feel like that it's more and more and more. I see his fit in all of this. The one that I'm a concerns the wrong word. I'm trying to figure out where Gibson fits into all of this. I think he's going to see a lot of time on the field. And I still think that they're trying to figure out, and this has been going on for three years now, figure out how to use him best to make him effective. And um, I'm waiting to see how that plays out with him and to get him in space more. Yeah. And I think, but I do like what I've seen from as a group and just like, I think they're getting, they're doing a little bit better with some yak, especially with Gibson's learning to run a little bit better with his shoulders. Um, but get, Robinson's always been good with that. Rodriguez is good with that too. And then Alex Arma, who's had a solid season summer as a fullback. And I know that they're excited about him because it messes up the defense's fits because not many teams use the fullback. So it's, you have to learn how to fit when the guy's coming in and it can mess them up. And I think that's like, in addition, I think he can be physical. I think it also messes up those fits, which can then lead to some more creases in the run game. And that has to be a big part. And by the way, you, you mentioned the RPOs and with Howell, that's another area where he improved from, from the first preseason game to this one. There was a play against the Browns where his footwork was bad it was first play and Leno gives up inside pressure, but it was, so it looks bad on him, but it really started with the poor footwork by Howell. he doesn't, he doesn't back up at all. 
and it forces the back to take a different angle. Well, last night I'm watching that and it's just a little subtle step. It's like a little couple steps back, but it creates a better path for the running back out of that. It also sells the pass. And you saw some hesitation with stuff. There are times that we're getting the linebacker backside to hesitate because of that. And I think that's an important little trait. It's again, subtle crap, but it's very, not crap, yeah. it's huge. But I, but I like that stuff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Defensively, I know they're not playing the starters. They're only a, there was Forbes and then Barton and Davis on the field. Yes. Everybody else is backups. But what'd you think? That's two weeks in a row that the starters, whoever the starters may be, start slowly. This has been a priority for Jack Del Rio. They want right. to start faster. It's two weeks in a row. Like I know they got a they got a goal line stop against Cleveland, but Cleveland walked down the field on them. Um, their edge rush contained was poor. Um, I actually talked to Rivera about it before the Baltimore game, and I even framed it like, I know you guys always end up fixing this because they do, but it's there again. Like yeah. it is obviously there again. Um, they had wow, trouble with it again. Like- yeah, uh, Wild Goose had a rough couple of games. I mean, he, see, he almost can't play like on the he, outside. It's trouble. I mean, it almost seems like he's being targeted in these preseason games, and and boy, he's finding himself out there. Yeah, he's he's finding himself on the wrong end of it, and so that's going to be an interesting choice because he gets a lot of time in practice and obviously a lot of time in the games. We know there's limited spots on the back end, so you know, I'm not if sure. You play, what, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of options, young options back there. That's that's one of the most competitive spots for the 53 is the back end of the cornerback spot. So we're gonna have to that's see fair. how that. Yeah, defensive end, back end of cornerback spot, and with the way Wild Goose has been targeted here, um, we'll have to see. You know what that means for he him. He hasn't shown he can help in two. He can only he can no. play in the slot, but he's got to show he can help outside. The other the other yep. one is Forbes, and and you know he gave up. <clears throat> he had a little bit a little bit too much cushion against Zay Flowers on that one catch. But what I really like about him is, you know, we'll see more of the covered stuff. And I think one of the things they they felt like in Baltimore that when in the practices that he was given a little bit more room because he's trying to bait the quarterback into a throw so he can make the big play. That's how you get those. So they're always going to test you with the double moves and all that. But I really like, and and I talk a lot about his size, right? He, I, yeah. We all know he's skinny. What I love about him is that he gets to the spot before the guy does. Before his size becomes a disadvantage, he is there. So the tackle he makes last night, the running back is still running. He has not squared himself to the line of scrimmage at all. So it makes him an easier target. But it starts with Forbes reads it, and he gets upfield really fast. And before the guy can turn, he gets him. And just like he did that against the Browns, too. And I just think it's something he does well. And it's the way he takes on blockers. So, you know, we'll see where he, I think he's going to be a very good player for them, but he was one of the three starters there and the linebackers, uh, they, they needed time together and we'll see where they go. I, I'm, I'd like to see a little bit more from Barton, to be honest. That, I mean, obviously by putting them out to, together, Rivera is saying we're concerned about you too. So I think it's more <laughs> so, about Barton. I think, yeah, to be honest, I think yeah. it'd be more about Barton than Davis, Yeah, but, but, um, but yeah, I, they need work together and they need work yep. 
you know, so we'll see. Um, anything else? Any any other thoughts coming out of that game? Joey Sly with the big kick, you know, wins a job, which was always going to be his. Well, I shouldn't say he's that. had a great camp. He has had a good um, camp. He's had a really great camp. Uh, you mentioned defensive ends. I think that's become a very, very, very interesting conversation. I think James Smith Williams and F.A. Abada both had very good camps, but I think they're, you know, solidly on this team. That means they I, have to I make... think F.A. is. I'm not saying I can't say that James Smith Williams is solidly on. I really? Think those, yeah, okay. I can't say that. I we'll think, agree I think ultimately he makes it. Yeah. But, but I do, I can't say that he is solidly on because I think he and Two Hill with KJ Henry and and obviously Andre Jones, I my if I if I'm doing it, I'm keeping 11 D linemen and keeping all those guys and keeping four linebackers to do so. Yeah. I so agree. I think, That's what I, I think. I think you'll make that, it that, that, yeah. And that well, special teams happening. play by him was really good. The the batting the the ball back. Yeah. Um, I think that was really good. And you know, he they're they're working him a lot inside to see how else can he help you. But I think like I think they've wanted to see a lot from those guys, he and Tuhill, to compare them to KJ Henry and Andre Jones. Yeah. Andre Jones looks like they got a hit out of a seventh round pick i i would like to pat myself on the back i called him out week one i'm like that's my guy uh so who was that corner you called out week one last year (laughs) oh yeah i can't remember i always say though there's a caveat i want to see three weeks from now are they doing the same thing and in the case of andre jones the guy's living in the back he's been good he's he's been outstanding i agree with you i think they have very tough decisions to make we'll agree to disagree on smith williams i think he makes the team um and i I think think there's a lot of questions like yeah i i just in conversations I can't say he's solidly on. I do think he'll make, I think they wanted to see more from him to see what else he can do for them. And just to see, again, I don't, you know, unless you're going to cut one of those two rookies and the way Jones played, you can't cut him obviously and put him on the practice squad. So can you, I think they're going to find a way to keep all those guys because I think they can all help. And I think James Tooth Williams can help them. But I, again, I can't say that he was solidly on, but uh, for your listeners, uh, we have, there's two uh, roster bets that are already out there beer on it. I said, Kaz Allen's going to make the team. I'm now a little concerned about that one. I bet you directly on Kaz Allen right. and Sam Fortier, who actually, I don't know, unwisely thinks David Mayo wouldn't make the team. And I'm like, that guy is definitively Mayo. on it. He is so solidly he owes, on. So he owes me a beer. Yeah, yeah, he is solidly on. The Kaz Allen one's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. And we yeah. only got about 20 seconds here, but that's going to be, you know, right now, I don't know that he would, but he is very intriguing because I think there's going to be some split opinions inside there because he offers this, but does he offer that? So we'll see. Anyway, Bram, thanks for joining me. Thank you, everybody else, for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday with another pod. No, Wednesday with another podcast wrapping up practice. So I'll talk to you next time.